0: Um, so, as we're walking through kind of... In, what was that? <laughs> what was happening? Was sneezing? Oh, okay. Sorry. It didn't quite sound like a sneeze. All right. So, uh, the first thing we want to do is kind of answer the question, why the proverb? So, introductory, uh, kind of an introductory way we want to look at. So, what, what are we looking at? So, I can understand kind of the framework and then uh, kind of define some terms and then look at the first seven verses and kind of work through those on our own to see if we can practice getting out what we, uh, what we want to. Uh, so as we think about uh, why the Proverbs, um, Josh, we can throw up a, a quote up here. So I think um, this will be helpful and instructive about helping us understand what, um, about what, how we're supposed to use the Proverbs, and so I'll, I'll read this for us. So, thinking about um, our relationship with God and about our need for wisdom, um, anyone here think that they're as smart or as wise or as competent as they need to be to live a good life? Right? We're like, I think so. Is this a trick question? And so, um, as I I pose that to you, um, I'm hopefully that you'll kind of assess and think about you know what? There is a lot of wisdom that I need. Uh, that I need from the Lord. And this is the place that he um, is going to uh, anchor a lot of the things that we need to know. And so uh, uh, Ray Orland says this, that God cares about our understanding of the massive truths of our existence, right? Big picture things, things that we want to know about and care about. But he also cares about the nuances that make a difference in our relationships and our experiences every day. Even if we do seek the holiness of the law, and hopefully we do, and even if we are inspired by the visions of the prophets, and we are, we can still make a mess of our lives, our families, our churches, our workplaces, our communities, if we are unwise. So anyone in here uh, struggle free? Anyone in here uh, make the best decisions all day long, every day, about all, everything? Andy, congratulations! He'll be, uh, he'll be teaching like a kind of a follow-up to this afterwards. Well done I like a confident man. <laughs> but as we think about uh, just the the daily struggle that we have with just kind of like well what do I do here you know I'm, I'm faced with kind of a conundrum um, you know taco bell or KFC you know there's just these there's these existential questions like what should I do uh, but there's also these harder questions about like what um, you know if I continue to do this, like am I going to continue to not reap uh, the consequences you know Um, How do I, do I pursue this relationship or do I let it go, right? How, um, how do I spend my time? I spent my time this way yesterday. Is that how I should continue to spend my time? Do I need to do that differently? We have so many questions and we're just kind of uh, trying to figure stuff out. But I would contend that uh, if you're like me, that I need God's help moment by moment, right? Down at the level uh, where there are no hard and fast rules to go by. Um, I've answered this one for myself. What kind of woman should I marry? But what kind of man or woman should you marry? Which career path should you take? How can I endure suffering I can't escape? How should I spend my money? As so through the book of Proverbs, God coaches us in the wisdom we need throughout the long and complicated path of our everyday lives. He is looking to show us and give us competence, right, in areas that we don't. And for most of us, we're actually not even sure where we're not competent, right? <laughs> We do we're really just doing the best we can and so what God is trying to give us is the good life. Proverbs is saying this is how to live God's good life with all its blessings and keeping us from the things uh, that are not helpful to the good life that he has for us and this good life is beautiful that it's something that we should want for ourselves Right. It's something we should want for others. And we've got to work to learn how to live that life. And so real quick, what is a proverb? So what's really helpful about us is, you know, thinking about kind of in an American sense, right, a proverb is somewhat like a truism, right? It's something that sounds pithy. I can put it on a pillow. It's something that I can remember. Um, but, some, but it may not be something that I deal with at the day to day at the day to day level. But, a biblical, uh, but the biblical, but the the word uh, proverb in Hebrew, uh, it means to represent or to be like, right? And so the idea is that it's like a little story or a vignette, like we want to understand a picture, right, of what God is seeking for us in the good life, and it is often to understand how to do a particular thing, like why friendship is good or how to avoid um, how to avoid losing that friendship. Um, why we should be just right why uh, having uh, not uh, secluding ourselves um, is not good there's so many kind of really specific day-to-day uh, trillions that he has for us and so that's how we want to understand that I want to look at God's word and see these pictures of life lived as it should be. So as we're thinking about this uh, about how uh, life, Uh, is to be lived, then I want you to think about uh, wisdom. And we want to give you a good definition of wisdom. And so here is uh, this idea that wisdom is not simply knowledge. It's not simply knowledge applied, but it is basically being good at God's life. Okay? It is skill, expertise, and competence that understand how life really works. Not how we want it to work, not how it works occasionally, but how it really works works and so in your long lives up to this point you have you have probably found uh, as you think about advice you've gotten or things that you've done if I gave you an hour and you write and, uh and you were just to kind of brainstorm right what are some things that I have learned about life like that this is true how many things do you feel confidently that you could like write down and like unequivocally without reservation, like this is something that I know to be true. And as we think about that, it's like my confidence starts to wane as I think about, I don't know how many things I actually would write down (laughs) confidently. How many of you, uh, how many of you like feel really competent to live the life that you're living now? How many of you feel like skilled at living the life that you have now? How many of you feel like an expert at living the life that you have now? Right? Me too. <laughs> and yet, as we know that to be true, right, we rarely humble ourselves and kind of get under teaching at this level to say, you know what, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but, but you have said, th- but you have made some promises here that says this is how you should live. That I need understanding, right? That I need to be competent to live the life that you have called me to do. And when we do that, right, when we, uh, when we have wisdom, that it results uh, in beautiful things. So lastly, before we jump into our first scripture, I want to talk about types of wisdom. So um, E.J., I don't know how to say that. Just do your best. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but academic breaks down uh, kind of three ways that we can look about wisdom. He says that there's perceiving wisdom, right? Wisdom like what we're looking for, we're trying to understand, right? There's acting wisdom, which is that which guides like our everyday steps. Um, and then there's communicating wisdom for others that we need to seek out others that are trying to ca- communicate wisdom to us. And so, typically, we only do this when uh, we're in uh, dire need. Uh, almost, uh, almost all people that I've met, uh, when they get engaged, they have this strong desire to like know what to do, <laughs> right? Like I, uh, I'm excited about it. Like we're doing it, but like past that, like whatever you got, like <laughs> come on. Uh, we also feel like this when we're uh, in over our heads with something, some situation or some job that you don't know how to do, and you and we and at. Uh, uh, In those situations we humble ourselves and ask for help and so that's what communicating wisdom does and so this is helpful for us to think like these are all things that we need to do to get the expertise right and the competence uh, and the skill that we need to live the God uh, the life uh, life that God has called us to and so for perceiving wisdom right This is uh, that which seeks to answer difficult questions concerning life and understand the answers that God gives. So for many of you, you don't like not having the answers, right? But are you seeking answers? You understand the difference? Like when we want, when we just need answers, okay, we'll kind of whine about like not knowing what to do, right? (laughs) But when we're seeking answers, like we're going to be diligent, right, to engage in places and in people Right, that uh, that we think might give us what we need. Acting wisdom is going to be our guide to functional and practical conduct in everyday life. That I need, I know that it's not like what I do is not just willy nilly, okay? Like what I do matters. The words I say, the things that I choose to listen to, the things I engage in, the things I refrain from, right? If you're on campus, like it matters. Uh, like what, like how I'm going to spend my time. Am I going to engage with the people around me or am I going to keep to myself? Right? Navigating all that, what is, uh, what kind of person am I going to be on a day-to-day basis? And we need a guide for, at that level too. And so we talked about uh, communicating wisdom. So let's uh, take a minute and look at the first seven verses uh, of Proverbs. So Proverbs is, uh, like Psalms, it's biblical poetry. And biblical poetry is pretty simple as far as its form, okay? And it exists in what we call an A-B structure. And so there's a statement made in A, and then uh, there's a following statement in B, and that following statement is supposed to clarify or add to statement A. Okay, so as we look at... uh, verses two and three here, we can see how this works. So the proverb of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, he's stating that, but what he's implicit in that is like, so here's why you need to study this. Here's why you need to know this. And so he says, we need to, uh, we need to know wisdom and instruction. Regardless of where you are, that is a universal need for everybody that they need to know wisdom and instruction. They need to know skill, expertise, and then uh, to discern the sayings of understanding. And then verse three to receive instruction, in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. So you see that to know wisdom and instruction that, that's the A. The B is to discern the sayings of understanding, right? That's the clarifying statement, right? So then in three to receive instruction, in wise behavior, right? What is that? What is wise behavior? Righteousness, justice. I lost my place, in equity. Make sense? So that's helpful as we're looking for All right, so here's your first activity this morning. All right, so I want you to uh, find a buddy, uh, and I want you to go through these, and uh, I gave you the first two. There's three more um, uh, reasons for studying the proverb here in verses one through seven. There's a reason to kind of be intent about looking at uh, this particular book. And so uh, talk amongst yourselves, and then I'll... Uh, I'll crowdsource, and we'll come up with the three additional things right there from Scripture of why he says we need to study uh, the Proverbs. Sound good? All right. Take a minute to do that. All right. So what is the point? Uh, so from what does uh, verse 2 uh, tell us is a reason that we want to engage uh, with the Proverbs? Anybody, anybody? The answers are right there. Look at that. So we can know wisdom and instruction. Very good. All right, what is your relationship with knowledge? You're in school, but think about how like your relationship to your classes actually is. Like there's some of you that need to know the information <laughs> for certain things, right? But is that everybody? Right, what is our, like we, we've gotta first come to grips with our kind of relationship with um, understanding. Like do we actually want to know better Right, you're in school, so like, are you learning? Do you want to learn? Do you, like, are you digging for morsels in your particular discipline of study? How do we approach learning? Huh? Past the class, right? What's the minimal amount of work that I have to do here? And what do we reap? There's lots of attitudes, right? That's one attitude. That was my attitude when I was in college. What literally, what is like, I know you say, I don't know, I ask like, what's the minimum, And I really mean it. Like I need a kind of a, an outline of what the minimum is here. How many days can I be absent? Can I miss any tests? Can I write in crayon? <laughs> but what does that attitude yield us in the way of knowledge and understanding, it does it. It gets us a grade. That is what we need at minimal from it. But besides that, as we spend time with that stuff so often, it yields us nothing, right? I throw my notebook out if I thought, what did I learn from that class? That the teacher has a weird laugh, you know? And so I would contend, uh, but there are areas, right, that you care, that you study. I've taught with you uh, as I ask you what you're interested in or what you're dealing with. You're like, man, I've been looking at all these YouTube videos about whatever, right? Or I've been reading about this or I've been studying about this. There are things that you engage in, but, um, but what God is, uh, what the, what the uh, author of Proverbs is trying to say here is this matters, guys, way more. Uh, than other stuff. If we study for our careers, right? If we study uh, about um, like want to be prepared for marriage, if we study for having kids, you know, um, is there anything to study to like just live everyday life better? And so I know all of us want that, but it's going to require us to want understanding, right, and want instruction. Um, anybody here uh, stink at like? Putting ourselves under instruction, like honestly. Like, hey, like I love you, man, but but uh yeah, I, I'm good. <laughs> like I know basically everything. That's my attitude. And so any so we almost have to be humbled, like somebody has to humble us, we have to fall on our face before we're like, you know what, I actually didn't know what I was doing. So the so the the author of Proverbs here is saying, Don't do that. Humble yourself, want to be instructed, right? Want knowledge. Want to discern the sayings of understanding that they that you understand what they mean. Alright? Number two, what's next? What is the point? There in verse 3. We receive instruction in wise behavior. Nice. <laughs> and so what is that instruction in wise behavior? Right, it's righteousness, justice, and equity—that is wise behavior. Gives us uh, some really good categories there about what is the right thing to do. Right, what does it mean to do justly? Right, to live equitably. All right, number three. What's number three? Now, this is a three-parter. Verse four. You can just read the things; it's fine. okay number one what does it say to the youth and discretion so let's define what these things are anybody want to name their kid prudence anybody if you're looking for a name solid name prudy the nickname (laughs) so people are cringing in the back That's weird, prudy. So prudence is an old word, um, but it means shrewdness. Okay? Ooh, that's way cooler, right? Shrewdness, way cooler than prudence. (laughs) Shrewdy. (laughs) So to be shrewd, Like a spy is shrewd, right? They know what's going on. They know all the angles. There's nothing that you can get past them, right? I know what's going on that I feel in control, right? And so that is what uh, the author of Proverbs is promising, right? That he wants to give uh, prudence to the naive. Uh, And almost nobody thinks they are naive and almost everybody is. It's really... Um, It's the reality that you're naive you don't know about everything and that is the hardest thing like we're Americans right like we know what's going on like I watch YouTube (laughs) I keep up with Twitter you know I know what's going on and yet when we live in the world day after day you're like oh my goodness I am pretty naive and so God is wanting to, like, that's not good to be naive. He wants to give us, right, enable us to be shrewd in the way that we live. As so Jesus uh, has this wisdom for us in the New Testament as well, he says, be innocent as dove, but be shrewd as serpents. Right, that that is a tension that we need to live in. He also goes on to say that I want that, the, that this will give uh, youth knowledge. Right, and teach youth discretion. I love this idea of knowledge here is understanding the connection between deed and consequence. How many of you have had to learn that the hard way? That there are consequences to the things that I do. That goes both ways, right? But, but what he's saying is I don't, you don't have to learn that the hard way. You don't have to get punched in the face. Like, I'm, I want to teach you so that, you don't, that that doesn't hurt so bad. That you can navigate that. And then, lastly, discretion here, I like this idea too, is caginess to see through everyday temptations. Oh man, I need this so bad. So, what this is, is as we study Proverbs and we get God's wisdom, that the everyday temptations that come to me, that I can see through those. Wouldn't that be nice? That I can see it for what it is? The evil that masquerades as the angel of light? <laughs> That the thing that you think this is the best and it's the worst, that he's saying that we can see through that stuff so that as it approaches what used to be a temptation that I'm just going to fall into, I see it for what it is and I sidestep it. And I don't engage there. I need that and you need that. That's a big promise. All right, and then lastly, verse 4, Sorry, verse five. What's the fourth thing? What will the wise men do? Yeah. He will hear and he will change. Any he hears in here? Yeah, we hear lots of things all day, but do we do anything about that stuff? Do we do we plan to act on the right things? There's lots of things that I can do. Can I discern the thing that I actually should do? And do I mean to change? And then lastly, and this is where we're uh, going to spend the rest of our time, is this idea of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it goes on to say that there's this differentiation between um, fools and the wise. A fool is a strong word. If you call somebody a fool, you know we may think, "Well, you're silly." <laughs> it's a much, much, much stronger word in the Bible, right? It means that um, that you uh, that you are uh, that you are not about the right things and the good things, right? That your life is foolishness. That you don't know any better. And so for me, um, it's only probably in the last year um, has I, have I really been kind of digging into the Proverbs. I have been seeing really what I've been missing a lot of. And I hope for you as we work through um, some different themes within Proverbs, we're going to kind of go topically in different weeks. We're going to see like, hey, what Proverbs has to say about, you know, friendship or some such, uh, such themes. And we're going to learn, right, to how to do that better. But but he's saying this is where it starts and that and that it, there's a difference between being competent, right, being skilled and then being a fool. Not caring, you know, I'm naive and I don't care. I don't know how I'm living and I don't care. Right, he says that is foolish. You can know how to live and you can live well. So let's figure out how to do that. All right. So, when you think of the fear of the Lord, what do you think of? Does that sound scary? Does that sound awesome? What do you think? Because this is where it starts. Obedience. Huh? Obedience. Yep. Obedience. Absolutely. That comes with fear. What else? Respect. Respect. Absolutely. What else? His wrath. His wrath. That's right. What else? Knowing your place, absolutely. That's great. A couple more. You understand who he is. Yep, you understand who he is. What else? One more. Honor. Honor. You honor him. So there's this tension right between honor and fear. Why do we honor God? Name off some reasons. Like there's really good reasons to honor him. Why do we honor him? He created the world. He's good. He hung on a cross for us. Cross for us. That's pretty good. <laughs> what else? He's the judge. Yep. So let's go back the other way. Why should we fear him? Like good old-fashioned ooh. <laughs> He's powerful. He made the universe. Like, a meteor could destroy the thing. That's just like some crumbs from some stuff that he created. You understand? Like, we Americans think we're, like, indestructible. I'm live forever. I can do whatever I want. And yet, if I go out into the construction thing and I'm looking up at that 100-foot crane and I see that 2,000-pound ball and it comes at me, there ain't nothing I can do about it. Like, Rob is over. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, suddenly turn into, like, a super you know superhero would, like stop it you know like those are just things that man has made and yet god made those things he is my friend right he is my father my shepherd my king but he is also god right and we've got to hold those things in tension as I, as i understand that tension as i live there and i'm okay with both of those things right then he uh, the the author of Proverbs is saying that is the beginning of knowledge, like to be in that space, right? So questions or thoughts about that? How is that helpful to you? How neglecting to try to live in that, because I can, oh, God's great, God's great, God's great, and then you know, there's no consequence to what I do, that he doesn't have a say or authority in my life. And yet if that's all I am is just kind of, is this okay, God? Can I eat this taco? You know, can I can I use this number two pencil? Would you route me to kind of like a, a 0.5 or 0.3 lead for doing my homework? What do you think? Why is that good for you to try to to try to hunker down in that tension? What are you missing with just kind of whatever? Here, at the headlights more of, okay, what do you want from me now? Yeah, that's great. Somebody else. So we, we trust him with, like, hey, he made the mountains and he made nature, right? We struggle with, like, well, what's the job I'm going to get? But, yeah, we forget about, like, I wonder if he cares about, like, he has other more, more uh, kind of like my micro life. Like, does he care about that too? It's like, yes. Like that is that is part of his goodness as well. So as we're, um, so what I want to do, if we're going to uh, kind of walk away, is I want us to have, to hold uh, this tension, right, of honoring and, um, and understanding God's like awesomeness and bigness. And so what we're going to do is we'll walk through five or six verses, and I want to help you anchor about what kind of fearing or honoring the Lord should look like, okay? All right, so the first, the first idea, um, as far as coming up with a, a definition of like fearing him, is that the fear of the Lord is openness to him. Fear of the Lord is eagerness to please him, and it is the humility to be instructed by him. So the fear of the Lord is openness to him, eagerness to please him, and humility to be instructed by him. And so Proverbs fifteen thirty three demonstrates this. The fear of the Lord is instruction for wisdom. You can go back, Josh. And before honor comes humility. Right, and until we fear him in that way, honoring him and understanding his awesomeness in our lives, we're not going right to seek him out for instruction. And I'm not going to understand that my honor only comes from, right, humbling myself and understanding that I have a lot to learn. And I would say this is the hardest, one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Can you imagine it, the, the, the loss of pride that it takes to kind of come hat in hand? And just like, um, uh, um, have you ever had to ask somebody how, like, how to use a copier, doesn't that feel good? Like I should know how to do this. Um, my son's like, how do you pump up a basketball? I'm just like, what have I been teaching you? <laughs> this, is, this is boy stuff 101. Right, that we have to humble, like we have to decide to humble ourselves and come into that space and let Him teach us. Openness to Him, eagerness to please Him, humility to be instructed by Him. Number two, we need to have the willingness to turn from evil and selfishness to change. God says He will judge us for our deeds. That the point of instruction is so that you're not ignorant any longer of what is bad for you, (laughs) of what you should be doing. So much time, I think we're looking for life as like, well, life is not the equivalent of like not eating Doritos on the couch. You know, like a teenager is like, well, mom, she's always on my case. She's like, I can't eat Doritos. Like, that's what's wrong. Yeah, the issue is not, uh, is that's not just the issue, but I need to not eat Doritos. I need to get off the couch. I need to learn what I actually need to be doing. That I need to understand that life is to be lived with skill, right, and with competence. It is to be lived beautifully, not just wasting it away. And that includes fun, and that includes majesty, and that includes hurt, and that includes friendship. It includes all of the things that's included, but if we don't understand right, what that, um, how to do that, right, then we're going to, again, think I just, what my problem is I just need to stop eating Doritos. When there's so much more that he wants to teach us. So do we have a willingness to turn from evil and selfishness to change? That is included in fear of the Lord. Job 28, 28. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. To part and to depart from evil is understanding. I show my understanding by understanding what's evil and stopping doing it. This is the temptation, right? <laughs> there's things I love doing. There's things that I'm good at. But when I am become enlightened to the fact that those things aren't good for me or aren't good for what God has for me, then I've got to say, I'm willing to turn from it because I fear and honor him. Fear of the Lord means surrendering to his will. Genesis twenty-two twelve. 12, so as you can show the verse and then flip right back to if that's helpful for folks. So we have here scripture of Abraham and Isaac. And this is the angel intervening when he is about to do what God has called him to do, to kill his child of promise. It says, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad, and do nothing to him, for I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. See, Abraham was scared to give up his child, this child of promise. Can you imagine this promise that you give You wait for it, you get it, and then God says, I need you to give that thing right back to me. And Abraham was scared not to do it. How we live is we're scared to do it. What am I going to lose? That is the fear of the Lord. I'm scared not to do that. I'm scared not to love. (laughs) Because I'm missing out on what God has for that person and for myself. Fear of the Lord is the way that we love Him, that we show Him love by honoring Him, right, and understanding His awesomeness. So Deuteronomy 6, 2 and 5. So this is in the Shema, this is the daily prayer. Uh, of Hebrew men and women so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes his commandments which I command you all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. And he finishes off this section in verse 5 You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might. So we're equating fear with obedience. Right? As we started off with Fearing Him is the way that we love Him. That we know who He is and we respond accordingly. And we've got two more. Fear of the Lord is fitting in with one another. Ephesians 5.21 Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. This is an odd one. Maybe we don't think about this. This is... This is me submitting myself like, Walter, what can I do for you, man? I got lots of stuff to do, but I'm here for you. If you need me, I'm here. I subject myself. I lower myself. I give myself to him. And he's saying we need to do that for one another in the fear of the Lord. Right? To honor him. Be subject to one another. Give ourselves away. And then lastly that our reverence uh, for God builds our confidence. So I want to end on a really encouraging note here in Proverbs uh, 14. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. A lot of you have every right to be confident in your skills and in your abilities what you bring to the table, you've worked hard for the things that you actually can do, okay? <clears throat> but at the same time, that you know that there's gonna be tons of situations in your life where those skills and abilities aren't gonna mean anything. And that's hard, right? Because if that is our identity, and the things that we can do, in the capitalism you know, that we are engaged with, right, in that economy, great. But in life, it's not wise for that to be everything. And so here, the author of Proverbs reminds us that in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. That He is my confidence. I've used this analogy before uh, with you guys. Um, But when I think about this, when I think about guiding my confidence, I think about being a little guy or gal uh, about knee high, so we're talking like toddler. And you've seen this where uh, if I'm standing like this, right, and my, my little one does this to me, she'll come up and she'll basically look through my legs while she's holding my leg. And I want you to see that, that what the Proverbs is saying is when we both fear and honor the Lord, right, that, that he is our strong confidence, that we can be like that little kid right, who's looking through God's legs, holding on, Saying, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. He's my strong confidence. You can't come in here. Rather, He knows everything. And He's bigger than you. You understand? The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. That there's, that there's real life kind of between, you know, under, uh, under daddy. <laughs> That one may avoid the snares of death. She knows daddy's big, that daddy says what goes. If he raises his voice, like, oh, he must be serious. She knows he can spank. She knows he can hug. She knows there's wisdom there that he'll do stuff for as he asks. But wouldn't that be great if God was our confidence like that? Do you need that? More often than you notice that I need a place to run to. Like when things get scary when it's lightning outside. <laughs> when I'm worried. When I, when I need to know what to do. That I run and hold on and look up. I want us to live with that picture. That that is the fear of the Lord. That I understand who God is and I'm where He wants me to be. And beautiful life is lived from that place. It's when we think that we're not naive, that we can run out from between the legs. I got this, (laughs) God. And then you come back, can you cut the light on? Um, It's real scary over there.